0: Hey there, it's Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we wanna blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have.
1: Codette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on her way to Supermoment, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a
0: time. Bridget smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right. Both of us
1: love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with the stories. Brigitte Smith is a calm mama four, a cool two time Olympic alpine skier, Canadian national slalom champion, and two time world champion medalist, and the one and only collected wife of Edmonton Oilers goalie Mike Smith. Her skiing career deserves a standing ovation, along with her parenting style. Mike and Brigitte have lived in some great NHL cities, including Dallas, Phoenix, Calgary, and now Edmonton, and their family has competed among the best athletes of their times in four different Olympics, dating back to 1972 when her own mom hit the slopes in Sapporo, Japan. The Smith Littles have clearly won the gene pool jackpot. We seriously adore this woman and can't wait to catch up and give you all a sneak peek inside the life of one of the most down-to-earth Olympians and hockey friends we know.
0: Good morning, ladies. Morning. Morning. Oh, it's so good to see your face, Brigitte. How's Aventing that you get, oh, It's yeah. good. Yeah, you like it?
2: Yep. We love it. People are really friendly.
0: They That's, are. That's what I thought when we lived there too. Like the people were so friendly.
2: hmm It's, uh, yeah. And everyone comes back here, even if they leave to like raise their families. So you meet a lot of people that are like born and raised. And I love that. Minus the minus 40.
0: Oh God, that was so good. Close. Were your kids out of school too? Cause ours was, sh- our school was shut down one day.
2: Oh, no, they went to school.
0: Do they like Edmonton?
2: Yeah, they love it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. You become this Flames fan for two years, and then you've got to drop this like insane bomb on them that they're going the opposite way. Yeah. It's like, okay, so in the summer when Mike signed, we were like, okay, boys. You know, let's switch it all over. Mike's like, we're going to make a bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, we never did. They just yeah.
1: have but totally the battle,
0: converted. The Battle of Alberta.
1: It's so pure right now. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it just blew up even further.
0: I know we were texting the other night about it, but um, how stressed out were you watching Mike fight? <laughs>
2: Oh my goodness. Mike's fight. That was so funny. I was just like, I had just put the kids to bed and then I was like sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I'm like, what is happening? And then he's at the red line. I didn't like think anything of it. And then I was like, okay, this is actually really happening. But I think... Every goalie kind of dreams to have a goalie fight. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we were I'm just watching- happy and got hurt. Like, I just I actually don't like watching fights. I watched a fight when Mike played in Dallas. Steve Ott like destroyed his ankle. And I was almost I was sick to my stomach. Like I almost was gonna throw up. So fighting for me is just not I, I just don't do well with it.
0: <laughs> was that Mike's first fight?
2: Yeah, Ever? his first. Yeah, I mean, he's been
1: in scrums for sure. Oh, I didn't realize first, that. Yeah, it was his first fight. We were watching the game, and I saw, and so I watched it all happen. And then I'm thinking, I was like, "Wait, is this a is this a fresh clip?" Because I wasn't fully paying attention. I was like, you know, chatting and doing other things. And then I'm like, "Oh my god, re- Is this happening right now? It's real time." I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I mean, it was clearly we've got the Battle of Alberta going strong prior to that, but um. I don't know. I think the fans loved it. It was fun. I'm I'm with you. I'm glad nobody got hurt, but I, I love to watch that part of hockey. It's enjoyable. Sorry. Yeah.
0: I think it's
2: good. I think it I think it brought like energy to both teams. And um I thought he was gonna get to play like the end of the game, but then I didn't realize you actually get kicked out.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I clearly did not know the rules, but it was fine. I know, like, but I thought I thought those rules didn't apply to goalies. (laughs) Free pass. Your
2: crease was like actually something.
0: (laughs) Um, It was pretty. It was funny. Jason and I were just dying. We're like, this is so good.
1: Yeah, that'll be an excellent thing to add to the highlight reel.
0: Exactly. Right. Wow. But you're such a calm person and texting you and you're like, I'm sweating. I'm like, oh no. I
2: was. I was like sitting underneath my blankets, like cozy, about to fall asleep.
1: <laughs> I texted her too. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, that's so good. Well, that's that was the fun part. We were all there watching with you, from Yeah. I know. Well, glad everyone's all right. This is kind of wild and fun because I'm from Edmonton. Codette, you live in Calgary now. But I grew up with that Battle of Alberta that was insane and so fun, but there was mm. no way in hell I was ever going to cheer for Calgary. Like, it's so... And we had friends that played there. So now clearly like I cheer for my friends and I don't mean to be a dick at all, but it just, I grew up in Edmonton. Any Calgary fan would say the same thing. There's no way in hell they were going to cheer for Edmonton. So I can't imagine you and your boys hopping from team to team, but I kind of feel like that's also a little different because you didn't grow up there and that team wasn't in your blood for your entire life. So. But totally. Still.
2: And it's funny because the boys, actually one of our kids just like broke his leg really bad. And Mike pulled out the Xbox because he's like, okay, hey, this is the only thing he can actually do. And he puts on every time it's like coyotes versus Edmonton or like he always is like coyotes but then we're like he was he's such an like Arizona born blood kid that Mike's like I don't think we're ever gonna like fully transfer him into another team just like also the kids and the fact that Mike plays with like some pretty respectable players out there that are like essentially gonna be
0: legends that's pretty cool for them so tell everyone how old are the kids now? So you've got four.
2: Okay. Um four. Axel is eight. Ajax uh just turned seven. Nixon is five. I think he's still in the F and fours. And um Kingsley, the little girl is three and um, the boss.
0: And that's wild. Like it's so crazy to me how fast you had kids. Like and they're at one point, what they were all under the age of five, all four of them.
2: Yeah. And it's funny because we talk about like, oh, remember that? And I'm like, I honestly hardly remember. <laughs> like Thank goodness for pictures.
0: Yeah. But if anyone can do it, honestly, it's you. Like you are <laughs> like, you You have such a calm demeanor. Like you run a tight ship, but like they have so much fun and you're not as spaz like like myself. Like if I had four kids, like, oh my God, my head would be spinning.
2: I don't know. Getting out the door some
1: mornings is like insane. Oh, we only see you once you've arrived at the new place. So whatever you've done between leaving your house and getting to us has uh, been impressive. Who broke their leg? Let's hear about this story. Oh my goodness. was, Was it Ajax broke his leg?
2: Yep. Okay. So number two, he was skiing, of course. Uh, playing hockey, skiing. Mm -hmm. And he was just getting like to the bottom of the of a green run in my hometown in Sault Ste. Marie. And I was visiting my parents after Christmas. And my mom was skiing behind him, didn't see what happened, and he had a spiral tibia fracture with like a boot top displacement. So his tibia is like basically broken in five like different little areas. And he had to have a reduction. Couldn't fly. So I had to delay our tickets. I actually canceled them all. And then my mom ended up flying like 10 days later with um, number one and three back to Edmonton so they could get to school. And Kingsley Ajax and I got on a train from Sudbury, Ontario (gasps) and took the train back to Edmonton.
0: (laughs) So crazy. How long does that take? Oh my God. It took like 56 hours.
2: It was two nights, but it was good.
0: Wait, it was an adventure.
1: Did you sleep on did you sleep on the train? Did you not get off or did you stop in places overnight then get back on? No, we just I wasn't gonna do that. It was like
2: either we would like gonna drive, but I didn't want to drive all winter. Like in the winter through the prairies, I wasn't ready for that. So then I looked at the train and it was like I could get this bunk bed room. And yeah, yeah. it was actually great way to get home and not have to like mess up his leg with flying and everything. And so yeah, I
1: that happened what like 10 days ago? Holy shit. Well good for you. And I mean I could see that it would be kind of a fun adventure, but for me, not for 56 hours. <laughs> no, it was
0: no <laughs>
1: I decided to bring Kingsley because
2: you know the kids are so used to the chaos and I was more worried about Ajax's like mental state than anything. And after the first day, she's like, Me all done with the pain. Me wanna get off the pain. I'm like, I know it's painful, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: cute. Did, like, did they like it though? Like, did Ajax like it?
1: Yeah, he watched movies for like two days. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, it's like a free,
1: free, free, free pass to be glued to your screen. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then it was like major detox going back to school. So it was good. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: that's first just of never- many, I'm sure. That's just another example of you being a super mom. Like you're just doing it. You're not ready to, I don't know, poke your eyes out with a hot fork or anything. Maybe you were, but (laughs) I still see your eyes. I still see your eyes and you're still smiling. Yeah, that's
2: true.
0: (laughs) So was it like a little, just a ski trip back home with your family?
2: Yeah. I just was going to visit my mom and dad because Um, they have this awesome little ski chalet and it's like ski and ski out on the, this tiny mountain I grew up on and I can just let the boys out the door and they just like go rip.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Minus
2: this incident, but yeah, it's good. It, it teaches them independence, like on a small hill too. Yeah. I like that. The big hills is just, you can't give them that much freedom yet at that, their age, but, um, yeah.
0: So they can just go
1: out, they can just go out on their own at your parents' place. Yeah, pretty much.
2: I mean, I'm there, of course,
0: but
2: I'm not worried about like avalanches or tree wells or any of that type of thing. You know, it's just like this really small little hill (laughs) that's Uh, so great.
0: What age did you start skiing at?
2: Uh, I was two when I started skiing.
0: Wow, that's crazy.
1: Were you, and then did you grow up on that same little hill too? Is that where you learned to ski?
2: Yeah, I grew up on that same little hill. It's called Search Mount and it's. Yeah. Like 700 meter, like vertical meters. And it's, it's has three lifts and they have, they had a Pama. They put in a magic carpet this year, but yeah. And I was the youngest of three. So my parents used to coach on the weekends and they'd put me in the daycare. And then at noon, they would like pull me out of the daycare, bring me skiing for like an hour. And then they put me back in the daycare.
1: So Brigitte, did your parents train you all the way through your career? Um, so when I
2: was like probably 11 or 12, actually earlier than that, they decided to coach me and then there was nothing really available in Northern Ontario that was going to kind of like keep pushing me in the direction that I really wanted to go into. So they ended up coaching me and we had like our own gates, our own radios, drills. And anyways, my dad worked like full-time job and my mom was like part-time, but, um, they would pull me out of school and I could train and they coached me for the most part of like my younger career. And then when I was, uh, 15, I moved to Mount Tromelon, Quebec, and I lived with my grandparents for two years. And, um, that was probably the best part because I got to kind of have two sets of parents and my grandparents
1: became super close and they were a big part of my career. Yeah. And then did you feel like your parents could become your parents again and not necessarily the whip crackers?
2: Yeah, they honestly I have to say like my parents never really were like okay, this is what you're doing and this is what you like they just like gave me this awesome type of lifestyle and I obviously had the self-motivation and like the drive to like continue skiing and I was pretty lucky enough that my parents were able to like support that because a skiing super expensive and b you basically live out of the suitcase at a really really young age so
0: yeah that's tough did you find it was a, a lot of pressure on you coming from the Olympic skiing background like It's funny. I think
2: my name, like my last name Acton had like something to do with that. And my mom was the oldest of five and four of them had been on the national team and my dad was on the national team. And I, not really, I honestly have to say like, I didn't even care. I just like loved being out there and like doing it. And that's what kind of made it easy. And then obviously, as you get older and your mind starts thinking, it becomes way more of a mental game. That's like anything in life, really.
1: And yeah, was- right along those lines, you silver medaled at the World Junior Championships. How were? As, was that kind of your first taste of major nerves?
2: Okay, so the first time I actually ever medaled at World Juniors, I started, it was a Super G race and it was in France. And I think I started like bib number. Like I was like starting one to five, and normally like the really good people started a little bit further behind. I had no idea. Okay, I just like was at this race. It was this basically like snow is snow, right? You just go down. It's a race, (laughs) and I ended up holding my spot, and I got this silver medal. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Blah blah blah. So it was such a cool feeling, but then you know, the next year following, there is that type of pressure that builds on you. Like, oh, okay, I've done this or I've been here before. So now I need to perform. So, um, I had my moments that were not so great. And then I did end up getting another junior silver medal, um, in GS later on,
1: but, um, it definitely did not come easy that one. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like you skied, you skied better when you were more relaxed. Does it feel that totally. way? Totally. And like leading up to the the Olympics in
2: Torino, I never really had a very good season. But once I got there, I was like, okay, this is the time of my life. Like this is what I've worked for. And this like representing your country is like no weather. So I remember doing opening ceremonies and being like, this is incredible. There's like this feeling in those stadiums It's just so awesome. And I fed off that and I had some of all my best results and just not even results, but I like skied my best in Torino. And once I got to Vancouver, I I had a pretty bad injury in 2007, 2008. So for me to qualify for Vancouver was actually, I kind of had to bear down and like just do what I could do to get there. And um, we actually weren't allowed to do opening ceremonies because we weren't racing till the end of the games. Ah, I didn't really agree with that. Yeah. Because you don't get that experience and you don't feel that energy until it was like, I mean, we were racing in Vancouver and you're in your your home country. So there was this whole buildup to it, but
1: is it because you, because they don't want to pay for all of your, um, hotels like for two weeks or wherever you're staying?
2: Honestly, it could have been that I was in Nikiska, um, which is right outside of Calgary, and we were training there. And then we flew to Vancouver, and then we trained a few days, and then raced. And then I was able to do closings, but wow,
0: um, there know. was
2: just all this pressure. You know, you're Canadian, you're racing in your home country, and they want you to perform. And um, I didn't agree with some of it because I think you perform your best when you like are living in that energy and like in that atmosphere, but. I still had such an amazing time in Vancouver and my whole family came. Um, and Mike actually got to see me race there, which was his second time, and he was so nervous. He was like a mess. I, I didn't know this, but he told me this after. And um, my sister ended up meeting her husband there. So, anyways, it was um yeah, Vancouver was incredible. I mean, I think I skied pretty well in my first run, and I was like you know I had this same sensation when I was in Italy it was just like okay this is like performance on demand and you just have to remember to have a good time like I know there's all this pressure but you have to enjoy like you have to bring some type of joy to it and I did great on my first run and then my second run I kind of made a mistake and it happens in skiing that's that's what you deal with uh weather and you know all the other things But
1: for the Do, most part, it was fun. Do you get hung up on that at all then? Or are you, can you let it go?
2: I still think like, Oh, if only, and like, I had some runs where it was like, I made a mistake or like, I think mentally I could have been stronger for sure. But, um, I think I knew in the times when I needed to be like sharp mentally, I was there, but Man, those like top people that can just continue to win and win and win, they are like incredible.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Did you get a lot of, what about like the mental coaching from your parents at all? Just leading up, do they stay away or do you rely on them a little bit for, to calm your nerves?
2: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I still talk to my mom every day. And when I was on the road, like in Europe, I would talk to her every day. Um, And my dad always has like such great advice as well. So, but if I was nervous, I probably just kind of like, didn't try and show it. You kind of fake it to make it, you know, you just got to tell yourself that like,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So what does, what does a day look like for you when you have to perform? Like when you're, when you're racing, what's, what's like a (laughs) pregame?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, it's totally different than hockey. I feel like
0: (laughs) there's no really
2: pregame nap, but I mean, sometimes we had nights events, which were fun, but, um, no, it's just like you get out there and you, you always kind of warm up and you have like training runs before. And then you, we have like, you'd have to inspect your course. So you, that means you go and take a look at like what the course set is like, because the, they set it differently, obviously every time. Um, And then a ton of visualization, really. Everyone has their routine, but it's the more you can kind of like live it in your head. I think you're just ready for it.
1: Are you allowed to practice on that run before you compete on it? Um, You can ski on it the day before sometimes. There's like free skiing for like half an hour. So you might
2: get two runs, but other than that, no.
0: You didn't have like a pregame meal? no <laughs> no chicken
2: parm. no 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 game meals no
1: okay. that's so funny I know I feel like everyone should have a pre-game meal <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> I don't know it was just what like especially in Europe it's just what you're served at the hotel right
1: I guess
0: so yeah
1: so let's just kind of quickly walk us walk us through you get to Vancouver or your Olympic City and someone meets you and escorts you walk us through like that part and then the Olympic Village all that excitement
2: Okay, yeah, the Olympic Village is pretty special. You're with all these, like, athletes, obviously, and it's the security to get in those places is pretty crazy. Yeah, you're with all these athletes, and, like, everyone's worked so hard to get there, and you just try and enjoy it and basically not get sick because it's, like, a germ fest
1: as well. Uh, What about the whole condom thing? Were there, like, bowls of condoms, like I hear? I hear that the Olympics go through... A shit ton of condoms. Is that an
0: urban myth?
2: I honestly I never saw any. Hmm. So because they were getting maybe, used. Maybe some real mix? I mean, skiers <laughs> wear like downhill suits, but,
1: <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I never saw that. Did you do you stick to your country while you're there or is it very international? Is everyone all together?
2: No, it's like you're totally like there's like a Canada house or like Canada like section and then a lot of the time I feel like we get placed with like the Scandinavians almost because they're kind of similar.
1: Did you train while you're there too? Are there training facilities for you or are they have assumed that you're done your training and you just need to do some push-ups, <laughs> squats and then go? <laughs> no, yeah, there's like
2: we would train like up on a different hill um for like if you're on snow training and then off off not off ice oh my goodness I've obviously been saying that for like 10 years now (laughs) no um you have like a gym or like a local gym that will like open up for you guys and you go do like your workouts all your squats and your cleans is that country specific then yes and no you have like blocked off times where you can do it
0: do you still kind of train the same way you used to like is it a habit where you just need that to feel good
2: yeah totally like I don't do it obviously as hard and as long and I don't have time for that anymore. Like 45 minutes is kind of my max, <laughs> but um that type of lifestyle that I like lived for so long of, you know, like the fitness part of it is like so ingrained in me.
1: That makes complete sense though. I mean, we're all married to hockey players. So even for Ray to live a, a life and have mental Stability, I feel he has to continue with that kind of regime. And it doesn't have to be to the extreme as it was when he was competing, but he needs it in his life. I think it's wise and smart.
2: Yeah. And I think just for everyday, like people and everyday moms, um, for me, is like I can give way more to my kids when I like sweat my butt off and then I'm just like a happier person.
0: Oh, same here. Like if I'm not working out, Jason can tell, like, he's just like, okay, Lucifer, get on the treadmill for a bit. Like you are <laughs> out of your mind right now.
1: <laughs> Raised the same way. If I haven't been dancing or if I'm injured, he's like, get your ass to the studio or to the gym. Like,
0: <laughs> Do something. yeah,
1: it's it, so, it, it's so crazy. And sometimes Mike's like, Oh my God, you're
2: crazy. Why are you getting up so early? And I'm like, if you want me to be happy, this just leave me alone.
1: <laughs> You got to fit it in when you can fit it in. Yeah. So we saw some great um, pictures of you and some of your uniforms and you have a beaver on your helmet in one of them. How did you come about getting a beaver on your head?
2: Okay. So this is a funny story. Um, Mike obviously gets his helmets painted um, by this awesome guy named David Dorigo and he specializes in murals. He's done some all over the world. And he actually offered to paint a few of my helmets at the end of my career. And I kind of told him for the Olympics, like, you can kind of do what you want. You have to minimize, obviously, your sponsor's sizes on. There's all these, like, rules. So um, I kind of let him free range. And he decided to put this huge beaver (laughs) on my helmet. And so I would be skiing around. In Whistler, and people would be like, "Hey, nice beaver."
0: <laughs> was, <laughs> you, was your motto "Canadian beaver is a pleaser"?
1: <laughs> no,
0: I've never heard of that.
1: <laughs> That's your motto, Kodak.
0: That would have been, <laughs> been good, but yeah, looking
2: back is like so cool. I mean, the beaver's on our five cents, right? So
1: I love it. That's great. awesome, though. It was great.
2: Yeah, and he That's had cool. it had a cape on with like a Canada flag. He did a great job.
0: Yeah, because Jason, remember Jason used the same guy too for his helmets. So we have yeah. quite a few, well, most of Jason's helmets are David's as well. So then did you save your helmets then, Brigitte?
2: Yeah, I have probably most of my helmets. And like... All, I have so many downhill suits. I actually have so much equipment still, it's gross. I need to get rid of it. But there's some things, like, I actually threw away my boots at the end of my career because I was like, I hate these. Like, they kill my feet. And now I'm like, man, I wish I would have kept those because, like, now it's been 10 years since I retired. And I feel like later on in life, this is stuff you're going to look back on and be like, oh, remember this? (laughs) (laughs) For all those retro parties?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly. right um, but you guys have both had some amazing accomplishments and I think you guys just have should have a room just of your a shrine of both of you
2: no you guys are very nice but Agreed.
1: <laughs> uh, what was your favorite Olympic moment
2: oh Vancouver for sure
1: yeah like yeah any specific moment where you're like this is this is it um
2: I think like every time I stood in the start gate it's like you're up next and you're about to go and your stomach's like either good or not good. Like, I don't know that those butterflies of like adrenaline, like, okay, this is awesome. that That's definitely my best moment. And knowing like that, everyone that like was involved in my career was at like the bottom of that hill it was yep. that, that was the best.
1: That's, that's awesome.
0: awesome. So what advice would you give to younger girls? Or young, yeah, younger. Anybody ski?
2: Oh, it's so hard. Like now, I look back and I'm like, I put so much pressure on myself. I would have, I would have just like, kind of enjoyed more of the moments and not been so like, oh, I have to do this and this and like worry about it. You just really have to try and live like in that one moment, and like especially in skiing, it's seconds and definitely try and find that joy of like why you are there and just like have that confidence and just go for it. Like don't hold back thinking like, Oh, you just always have to trust yourself. Trust your gut is really like the best advice I could give. And I had times in my career where either my coaches had been giving me bad advice and stuff and I wish I would have spoke up and I didn't. Mm, And I think as a female, you have to really like, if you have something to say, you need to say it.
1: And especially nowadays. Yeah. Like you really need to advocate for yourself. Do you mean in training in a training way or personal ways? Just all in all, I think like as women, we are, Powerhouses,
2: I mean, nothing against men, but I think like mentally we're stronger in ways, especially like after giving birth to my kids, like I know like how humanly strong women are and yeah, you just have to trust it. And if you have something to say to obviously like find the right words, (laughs) not to offend too
1: many people, but yeah. Yeah. Did you have any experiences then with coaches or have friends that experienced any harassment from coaches?
2: Um, I never lived any of that. There was kind of a generation of girls before me that, um, they had experienced some kind of darkness, but, um, now there's like all these amazing programs that they've set up for these young athletes that are coming up. So. It's pretty
1: awesome. Yeah. Thank God. And hopefully there's an end to all of that. Hopefully we've seen and heard the last of it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, I love hearing about your career, Brigitte. It's so cool. You're such a badass. You're such a badass
1: and you don't talk about it. I'm going to screenshot our messages. I was asking her things and she's like, "Mm, I don't know what I got. I'm like, I,
2: it's funny, but then I go back and it's like, it comes back to you. Honestly, it's like the kids have given me such a blur off life actually in certain ways, like Kingsley's three. And I just, I hardly remember her being a baby. It's sad, but thank goodness for pictures. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. No, mm-hmm. you need to talk about it. It's so cool. Like you've mm-hmm. done so much. Your mom
1: competed in the 1972 Olympics, correct? Yeah. In Japan. That's Awesome. Does she have some really cool stories? Um, Yeah,
2: she does. She, well, yes and no. (laughs) I think my mom tries to keep her like little innocence. I'm sure she has some (laughs) crazier ones, but yeah, she actually came back with um, an Olympic, like one of their official flags that was like on a flagpole.
0: Really?
1: So
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So she's a flagpole climber?
2: She was not, so I'm somebody else did it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. if She wouldn't
2: tell us the rest
0: of the story, but um, how'd you yeah. get this mother? Yeah. Yes.
1: Damn, mm. that's when you wish they had cell like iPhones back then. So that could have been recorded.
0: I am oh my so goodness. Glad we're not
1: it's crazy. <laughs> so where's
0: the flag now?
2: It's still in their little ski chalet. It's hanging up. It's like the material is crazy how they made it, you know, because it's so old. It's probably discolored slightly, but it's uh, it's pretty cool to have that. I was kind of always obsessed with like Olympic stuff. I still am. Yeah. And it doesn't matter winter or summer. Like I love to watch them and I'm like even more of a mess now watching it. I'm like always crying.
1: But especially with the Olympics, because you only compete every four years yeah. in that competition. I mean, I know you have your world championships continually and other yeah. But every four years, like, I don't even know how that feels. Did you think at that time, were you like, oh yeah, no problem. I'm going to do another Olympics. I'm, I can work that hard for another four years and get back in. Or were you like, mm, I don't know. Yeah.
2: yeah, no, I was like, I think even after Vancouver, I could have continued. But my love for my sport, like, was not there anymore. And I didn't want to cheat myself. Like, I loved skiing, but I wasn't ready to commit myself to, like, it takes, I mean, you're this, it's a very like selfish, not selfish, but it's like, it's your job, right? So it's like your world only revolves around you. Yeah. And, um, I had like other goals I wanted to do, but yeah. Were you,
0: were you with Mike yet when you went to Vancouver?
2: Yes, I was with Mike. Okay. So, um, we okay. did a charity golf tournament in my hometown that Marty Turco used to host and Um, it was always all hockey players and I said oh I will I never want to play in that because I work out with these guys in the gym and like it was just not my (laughs) thing but they begged me to and I did and he played in the group behind me and that's how we met and the rest is like basically like I went to Argentina for a month and we there was no Skype then we talked on like I think I went to a like a phone booth to call and I was there for a month and then yeah, the rest is history.
1: Was he like, Hey, nice ass, nice putt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, actually the first time I met him, I'm like, do you know where the bathroom is? I didn't even introduce myself. I was just like, <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom. I, I think it. he was trying to pick up all the beer cart girls. <laughs> They're all my was, friends.
0: Wasn't he heckling you though, from like the group behind you?
2: Yeah. I like, you know those rounds of golf are so fun. They're long days, but it's uh, you always have a good time. Yeah, and it was all 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 guys, and then me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, they're not necessarily the most competitive of golf rounds, but oh. they are entertaining. Yeah, fun. absolutely. Oh That's yeah, awesome. like so- at
0: our golf tournament, I get uncomfortable uncomfortable when people are like seriously golfing. I'm like, hey, no. <laughs> Just <laughs> up, soldier, have fun.
1: You're like, take your shot and hit your hit your drive. Yeah. yeah. Let's move. Uh so then you got back from Argentina and you just where was he living I, then? Because you didn't live in the same city.
2: Oh my goodness. He I told my mom, like, hey, I'm going to Dallas to see this guy, Mike. And she had met him and she was like, Oh man, okay. <laughs> like, I'm nineteen, like I've lived out of my suitcase away from home for at least like since I was 15. So I, I go and I like, yeah, I visited him. And he was living with Marty Turco at the time and oh. well, and Kelly. And they they had the girls, just the girls. Finley wasn't born yet. And they had this awesome, I don't, had you been in their house, their old house? They had like a tree house. We called it. It was at the top of their house. And so no, Mike was there living no there. Literally- yeah. Mike was living up there. So if it wasn't for Marty and Kelly, like I would have never met Mike and they like, obviously gave us a chance to get to know each other <laughs>
1: <laughs> more. Uh, so. that's awesome. Okay. And I love the Turcos. That's a, that's a great couple to hang out with. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like talk, my face
2: hurts every time I'm with them.
1: Love mm. it. Oh, uh, that's so fun. I love those kind of meeting stories and getting together stories. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cause usually like we've had so many on on the podcast that everyone's like met at the bar. Me and Jason. Yeah. Me and Jason included. So
1: <laughs> it's it's essentially that, right? Like right. so did you guys train together? Oh yeah. It
2: that was like the funniest stuff because I like as a skier, you're in the gym for like three, four hours. It's like so long. I don't know why. Maybe it's just our trainers at the time were that crazy, but your workouts are so long and mike was like i don't get that like why are you doing that and then i would like put him through workouts and like he'd be so sore or we'd go road biking and he would be like thinking he's like way past me and i would be like on his tail
0: well you were so incredibly strong like i remember that (laughs) when we were doing this boot camp together and it was like you had to do like these pull like basically sled pulls so you had to have a resistance band and hold each other back Literally, like, Brigitte just dragged me up and down that basketball court. (laughs) I was like, oh, crap. I know.
1: Do you um, cycle? Because I know it's, like, a lot of leg strength, obviously. Strength all around, but a lot of biking for you then?
2: Yeah, we did do a lot of biking. Now I'm, like, way more into mountain biking. I just, I don't like staring at concrete that long. Oh. In in (laughs) inner, yeah, I don't know. It's, I shouldn't say that. I love to road bike, but when you go, you need to go for, like, a long road bike, and that right now with the family, it like takes too much time. And I feel like if I go mountain biking for an hour and a half, I'm like
1: dead. That's a good yeah. 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 Did you have any, did you guys have any rules in the gym with each other? Like, no, for, but he's, for instance, like if Ray and I ever are working out together in the gym and he comes up to me, and tries to give me a kiss, I'm like, dude, there's no PDAs in the gym. You need to <laughs> stay away from me at the gym.
0: Do you guys hold hands while walking on the treadmill? <laughs>
1: oh man no there's like
2: (laughs) honestly it's just like not I don't try and like kill him but
1: sometimes I'm like okay let's do this and then he's like oh I don't know
0: (laughs) I love how competitive you are it's so fun
1: yeah I love that part too I think I remember I can't beat them at stuff but I could see you beating him so that's awesome well no not necessarily he's so
2: competitive (laughs) like as you know for people that know him on the ice he is like so feisty but he is so competitive. And like, I remember I put him through this workout and he like couldn't sit down to go to the bathroom for like five days. It was awesome.
1: I think I was the same, but I laughed because it was awesome. It's nice to give um, another athlete a really hard workout. Yeah. Like, hmm. I think it's I good. That it. it is good. What about your kids? Are they kind of doing workouts too? Do they walk around doing squats and lunges?
2: The boys are so funny. Yeah. They do like push-ups and burpees and like I don't know, chin-ups when they can
0: (laughs) Who's your most competitive one?
2: Okay. My number one is like probably very sensitive and competitive because he's got like Ajax is like Axel's like always number one. So he wants to stay there, but he's competitive. (laughs) And then Nixon is just crazy, but he's actually really getting into hockey,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: which I He's our extremist. He's like, wants to skateboard and like he'll like run and do a front flip on the dog's bed like he's just crazy
0: i love the dynamics and, of your family and kingsley's
2: alley such she's a kingsley's like totally skiing by herself she's got poles she's three like just wants to be like going with the boys she's nuts she
1: should be a little badass i love it yeah okay so we have some We have some fun uh, Venus and Mars questions to ask you, and you can just answer with you or Mike. Who's the better cook? Me,
2: for sure.
0: Yeah. Who's the more relaxed parent?
2: I would have to say Mike.
0: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who's messier? Mike. Who is more social?
2: Mike. I know. I don't know. He calls me the mayor sometimes because he thinks I talk to everybody, but it's because we move and I want to meet people.
1: Totally. Who plans the vacations?
2: Uh, Mike.
0: Mm, I like that. Who eats healthier?
2: Oh, man. I think we're both on that same level. I think I have my candy stash and he doesn't. So, Mike.
0: (laughs) Who controls the TV? Mike. Oh, who's the better dresser? Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wears the
1: pants in the relationship?
2: I have to say we're like so 50-50. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Good answer. We,
2: yeah. It's, uh, I don't know.
1: I. It's good. We, and our parenting skills are kind of on the same level too. I think that's the best place to be on a good team. That one, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to parent together. It's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Who takes longer to get ready?
2: Well, I do, but if I need to be ready in five minutes, like I will be out the door in five minutes. And that's normally, normally how it goes because I have no time to really get dressed or get ready or like blow dry my hair.
1: So. (laughs) Well, you always look great. Thanks. Who gets up earlier? Me always, always, yeah, even in the summer.
2: Uh, actually, in the summer, he's out the door
1: mostly,
0: yeah, like
2: six, six, eight, six thirty. He's gone. Wow, just depends.
0: Who's funnier,
2: Mike?
1: Sometimes, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I think you're both funny.
0: I do too. Do yeah, you guys,
1: just- um, do you guys? I know during the season it's pre- pretty busy, and obviously, if you have four kids, it keeps you on the hop too. But do you get some time just together, the two of you? What does a date night look like?
2: I think with the kids too, our times like at night are somewhat limited. So if we can do like a day date, that's mostly the best time. And especially in the off season, like when Mike started to train, like we'll go. I don't know like mountain biking and then like go for lunch and then pick up the kids at school or something. That's like mostly what it would involve.
1: I think that's a great idea and awesome advice for anyone else, even like outside of a sport with young kids, if you can manage to do a day yeah. date, we didn't do that enough. And even to this day, I'm surprised if Ray texts me and he's like, Hey, do you want to go for lunch? I'm like, Oh wait. Cause I'm not used to having that time with him. So yeah. I think that's such a great idea. And by the end of the day, when you have little kids, you're freaking exhausted. Yeah. It's it is exhausting and
2: like right now like their dad's not home at all f- to put them to bed. Like especially like this next part of the season like I don't think we have one Saturday as a family like left or so those nights where he can like put the kids to bed and read them a book like he's doing that. He's not anywhere else.
1: How important is it for you to keep bringing the kids to the games? Yeah. I try and do as much
2: as I can. You know, these eight o'clock games in Alberta that they do are painful because the kids would go to bed at like midnight, but, um, they also have some earlier ones and I take them and like this arena in Edmonton is insane. Been saying, I, oh,
0: haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah.
2: It's beautiful. Like they've did such a good job and, um, I don't know. I'm trying not to spoil the kids, but I'm like, okay, go in the locker room. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, I like it in Edmonton because they have such a good setup where the kids can come out and kids can be by the tunnel or whatever, when the guys are going in and out off the ice and the kids get to hang out and it's such a cool memory for them.
2: Oh, it's so cool. They get to be on the bench and yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I'm very thankful that they get that. It's pretty cool.
1: I know at the end of Ray's career too, <clears throat> just knowing those last couple of years, like sometimes you get so busy and I wasn't taking the kids to the game, but those last couple, I really was making an effort, which is why I asked the question because I thought, oh my gosh, it's almost over. Not that saying it is for Mike, but for us, we knew, but Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to get them there because I want them to remember Mm -hmm. this part of their lives.
2: I think my older two boys, like for sure. And I mean, I hope Nixon would remember, but... It's like, yeah, it's the same for us. Kingsley's going to have no idea, but she is like, her dad's going to be like, daddy walks through the door. It's like, oh, i see you,
1: mom. You know, I so. don't think they, you have pictures and videos, but even with us, Harper doesn't really remember Ray actually playing. She remembers going to the Coyotes games and hiding in the cabinets in the suite. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's her memory. <laughs> I that's know, her like, memory. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, we went with Jason for his last year, just because like, we knew it was going to be his last year and then how important it was. Because Ethan was starting to get it, and like he used to go to the games dressed up head to toe in goalie gear, and he'd mm-hmm. walk walking like through the concourse, and people would be laughing at him, and he's like, "What? This is a job! <laughs> like this is this totally. is a real thing!" Like he loved it, but yeah, you just—I don't know—it's so important to have those memories because they are so proud, right? So, I
2: think yeah, I think, and I also—I mean—I think it's odd a bit that they see like their dad on TV and that. That's like kind of what you grew up with. Like, oh, there's my dad on Sportsnet or whatever. But at the
1: same time, yeah, it is their job. How has it been with your kids being in such mega hockey cities with um, other kids commenting on the games or anything? Do they come home and say anything about it or no? I have to say like their school is amazing. There's
2: I've never had like any comment from school, like someone being like, oh, your dad wasn't very good last night or whatever. Um, which I mean, sometimes it's the truth and whatever, but, um, yeah, they, I don't know.
1: Mike is not Connor McDavid in the city. So that also, but he, I mean, yeah, Connor is a different story, obviously, but still yeah. you're playing for a team in a major hockey hub. And I mean, playing in Arizona, you could walk around here and no one necessarily mm-hmm. would know who yeah who your dad is or who he plays for but it's a different story in Edmonton
2: yeah it's it's cool but like I don't know the fans to your face when we are out are really nice <laughs> oh yeah so
1: that's it's awesome been good
2: and the kids are like they play hockey and some of their kids are like it's, I think it's so cool that Mike can like go in their go to their practices sometimes and watch, you know, cause they're just like these little kids are like, have this like little idol to look up to. And it's,
1: I don't know. And I think I'm guessing too, that you being involved in those situations is making you all more human to everyone as well. You know, yeah. even to their parents where it's like, Oh yeah, Mike's the goalie, but guess what? He's also a pretty awesome dad and he's here whenever he can be. And you're an awesome mom, you know, like, so yeah. it's good to that the people around the city are seeing you guys as just a normal family doing normal oh. things.
2: Totally. Well, I'm always like schlepping the four
0: kids everywhere. So I know. But even last year when we, was it last year when Axel and Easton played against each other in yeah. Novice and Mike was at the rink and he was so sweet and he came into our locker room and took pictures with the kids and stuff. And yeah, the thing, they just like, it just makes them like human and normal and he's so easygoing and, you know, he's friendly and he talks to all the kids and plays around with them. So I think, I don't know. I just think it's so cool. And it, you know those opportunities get limited as you stop playing and no one
2: cares totally. and i think a lot of the dads are like intimidated by mike and i'm like guys just like go talk to him he's like totally a normal guy <laughs> yeah. but the kid the kids are so cute when they like come up and ask and like mike is from a really small town and, and you know he like stood in line for like hours to just meet like his like favorite baseball player who played for the blue jays when he was a kid and he remembers that so he definitely like will never say no to
1: like a kid who wants like an autograph or like a picture. Oh, like I that's that's great. He,
0: that he can it. do that. He, he does. Mm-hmm.
1: Ray was great about that too. And he was like, you know, um, he always stopped for the autographs and was like, Someday no one's gonna give a shit who I am. <laughs> it's you know, so I'm yeah. gonna just sign it and smile and um, <laughs> and he appreciated it while he was in it. So
0: yeah. You now our guys are mad at us because when they get stopped now, it's like, "Oh, you were on Hockey Wise." <laughs> 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 last I time I was that. at your house, yeah. Last time I was at your house, Bridget Ray right, was like, "Oh yeah, somebody came up to me and commented on Hockey Wise." He's like, "23 years in the league, and now I'm just like the guy on Hockey Wise."
1: <laughs> you know, it was actually this. This was a fun moment for me. Like right after that, that one summer we were at home in Edmonton, and I um we were at Costco and somebody was kind of following us around and then they asked Ray to take a picture of me and the person. (laughs) So Ray was like, fuck, okay. (laughs) I I wish I had that picture because I'm sure my smile was like huge. You're
0: like, hello. Yes. Wonderful. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. What in all of Mike's career so far, what, what's your favorite city to live in?
2: the desert's pretty amazing you get sun every day. Yeah. And th- I don't know because coming back to Canada with the kids was actually I ended up loving it. Yeah. So, I think I don't know. Just being like born and raised Canadian and then I've had all these little American children and then them bringing them back was kind of cool. Um but you know like with this job that he has and moving, I really try and find like the best out of every situation that we're in. And coming from Calgary, people were like, "Oh, you're gonna hate Edmonton and blah blah blah." And I have to say, like, I love it here, and yeah. I loved Calgary. And I didn't spend a ton of time in, time in Tampa because I was skiing at the time, but um, you know, it, it was great there too. It's like every place has its little gems that you find and but our ultimate i think is like i need to be in the mountains and with water so
1: <laughs> and you figure that out as you go along you can we've had this conversation before too where you are midway through your career wherever you like we're going to retire in this place this is where we're going to retire and honestly until you get there i don't think it's a big a decision you can make like you've kind of probably changed your mind a couple times obviously i was hoping you were going to be my neighbor but i also completely <laughs> appreciate the fact that you want to go home and you're happy and I can see you guys in the mountains and you've got all these, you've got a little troop doing winter sports. It only, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
2: It's, it's crazy. Like Kingsley yesterday yelled at me for like two hours, not yelled, but like, mommy, I want to go skiing. She asked me for two hours straight.
0: Oh
2: no. And I had them to grow at noon. And like, I went for two hours with her and I don't know, like, Everyone kind of has their little things. Also, why we've kind of held our house in Arizona for so long because we don't really know where we're going to end up.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Fair. I need to have, have the all design. these houses everywhere.
0: <laughs> Rich, have you ever skied?
1: Yeah, I'm a skier. Are you? Yes. Yeah. I'm, be- I'm better than I Ray. Yeah.
0: No, I grew up in a ski town, and I have never put on skis.
1: What? A snowboard?
0: No. Never. Corvette. Nothing. And I was live in Calgary, it's so beautiful over there. Yeah, but you know what? Like, in my like junior high days and high school days, I was a pretty dedicated tobogganer and <laughs> basketball player. So I just didn't, like, I, between the two stream sports, I, couldn't, I just didn't have room for skiing.
1: You didn't want to end yourself skiing so that it would oh my goodness. inhibit your tobogganing sport. Yeah.
2: Codette. have you heard of Rodaline?
0: No, what the heck's that?
2: Okay. In Switzerland, they do it. Like, I mean, everywhere in Europe, you basically start from this hut at the top of the mountain and you're on like this insane fast toboggan and you like toboggan down.
0: Okay. Was, I've involves, done that.
2: It no. probably involves quite a few beers at the top or like any type of cocktail that you'd like. I like them all. But it's called Lane and
1: it is so fun. So,
0: I've I never heard it of it. it-
1: I haven't heard of it called Rodeling, but I've been there. I went to Davos to visit a hockey girlfriend way back in the day. You take yeah. the gondola to the top with your sled. You're yeah. like track sled. What do you call those? Even with the yeah, that's that's. It's yeah. called a Rodel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you bomb down. I cried the entire time because it was so fun. <laughs> like it was like a cry, laugh, scream the and entire it's time. So
0: fast. Oh, it's, okay. It's yeah. No, amazing. I know. Like I, I had to cross-country ski in gym class, but I've never gone down a hill.
2: Oh my goodness, we need to go.
0: I'm in. Now that that my
2: kids are all skiing, I'm like so gung-ho.
0: Can can you put me with the like the harness that you use? Yeah, I'll
1: use that on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hold you. Okay. we haven't been skiing for a couple of years, but after Ray retired, we, we went back home every winter for Christmas or started mm-hmm. to, and then, um, tried to ski, but then it was so freaking cold. Like we'd get up there to Banff and it would be minus 40 and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can't I,
2: I remember that one year you guys came, it was awful.
1: <laughs> like absolutely awful. Yeah. I have so we to need, say I'm a little bit fair weathered now. The conditions oh. have to be a little bit more, um, pleasing.
2: Yeah, I don't like to do anything like after minus 20. It's fine. Like I can run when it's like minus 15, minus 20, but uh, past that I'm like, no. I I just can't do it.
1: So do your kids have any little do they see Mike with any superstitions like prior to games or do they do they start to incorporate any of that?
2: No, I have to say I don't really think Mike has any like crazy superstitions. I mean, he's got a routine obviously, like with meals and um like obviously taking it in his nice nap that he gets to take. But other than that, the kids are I'm like right now it's like they get home from school, I'm like, shh, daddy's taking a nap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, what about on their game days? Are they like, okay, I have to get up and have my spaghetti and then I have to have my nap?
2: <laughs> no, they don't even care. They're just like anything. They're like, oh, I don't know. We have an outdoor rink. It's so fun. That's about it's so fun in the backyard we actually rented this house from this man and he let us put a rink um in the lot next to his that is there's no house being built yet
0: perfect well, yeah that so is. it's like, bring your awesome. rink did you bring your rink from calgary is that yeah yeah we have
2: that it's called easy rinks it's like yeah. awesome
0: well i think because when when i went to your house and i was like oh mike's putting up a rink in the backyard and jason had been wanting to do it and i think that pushed him to like actually get it done because then yeah he, right after it's
2: the it's the best yeah it's really fun except for the one with the broken leg now is not oh. so happy about it
0: when does he get his task off
2: I don't know but I, he loves to be goalie like he's the one who wants to be a goalie no matter <laughs> what so I'm like gonna stick a chair out there soon for him and put his pads on <laughs> start <laughs> taking shots at him he <laughs> can get ready for baseball all season and just keep catching stuff
1: good idea yeah I think that's a great Mm -hmm. idea Uh, so Valentine's Day is kind of right around the corner for us do you um do you think you'll do anything special for Mike or vice versa
2: honestly we're so lame with that stuff even like our anniversary comes and it just comes and goes (laughs) we need we need to be better at it we're going on 10 years soon so which is crazy
0: but we were 10 years in July and we just like high
2: five each other yeah we actually never went on a honeymoon because we kind of got married really fast so we're thinking like maybe this year we should go to europe but we'll see
1: yeah that'd be good Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean it sounds like at least you take the time when you can no one actually needs an actual day yeah well that's that's maybe bullshit some people do need a day to just remind (laughs) but
2: no i know what you mean you know, we, we, we do try and take the time. Yeah, for sure.
1: That's fun. And what about your kids? Cause I feel like now I'm even better about like making sure I buy my kids some Valentine stuff. Cause I don't want yeah. to really feel like they need a girlfriend or a boyfriend to feel any sort of love. So I yeah. try and buy them little treats.
2: Oh, that's fun. Yeah. You know what? My mom always did that for us as a kid. So I feel like I've kind of kept that tradition too. Yeah. She always had cute little things like a little ring with a heart on it or something yeah that's fun
1: that's mm-hmm. fun maybe you should just make mike a little valentine
2: <laughs> yeah maybe x rays i'm not let's say it
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, <sad.
0: laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah you do it first or maybe he'll do one
0: i always like the question of like who's your first hockey friend but i feel like that was was it kelly, kelly turco? turco yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm
2: It's crazy. Like I, when I talk to them, we only see them like now in the summer mostly. And they're, they're like that family. It's like, like time goes by and it's like, everything's the same, except for like, obviously I've had more kids and they, their kids have just gotten older and like, we haven't spent a ton of time together, but yeah, they were definitely our first hockey friends. And we always like, always make the effort to always connect in the summer
1: yeah we were lucky enough to just be neighbors when we were in Dallas with them but Ray hadn't played um, with him before and then we just had mutual Mm -hmm. friends so our kids are the same ages and I was so grateful for them too because they're always so inclusive and we're still friends to this day too and I know um, and it's just that's the cool that again we always touch on this but it just is so concrete in our lives that these hockey friendships and families really do remain
0: Mm-hmm. and you pick up right left off and it's like it's just easy like easy friendships and I mean yeah. you know Jason and Mike have their little bond that's so cute and you know I love when they, I love watching when they get together they're so funny
2: oh it's yeah everyone has like their own thing hey yeah. like the I remember Mike got off like a plane ride with even Ray, when he was playing for Phoenix and Ray had given him some like pretty tough advice. And he was like, I am so thankful that he like straight up just told me like the way it is. Cause he's like, I, he's like, I didn't realize it, but like, I learned so much. And now like, till this day, he
1: like still like remembers that. It's
2: so cool.
0: Ray's mentor. mentor. Well,
1: it's, I love that they're, they're impacting each other's lives too. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you kind of forget that sometimes I know that it's, it's happening on our side and their side. So it's kind of fun to hear that part. We'll just be connected. So just get your ass back here. Don't sell your house. Keep it as a vacation home.
2: People are like, how'd you live in the desert with scorpions and rattlesnakes? I was like, you just do it.
1: Yeah. And then, I don't like to see the snakes. We haven't had that many around here, but oh my goodness, there's, always, the, there's definitely different sightings. The first five days, we like stayed in our new house that has no furniture
2: in it just to live there. We camped, right? Eat with the air mattresses yeah, yeah. and everything. Like, not one piece of furniture to sit on. And there was like a rattlesnake in the infinity edge of the pool. So Mike like scoops it out, and I'm like, "Don't kill him. That's kind of sad. Like he's been suffering." So we throw him back in the desert. He's not really moving the
1: guy came back like the next day <laughs>
0: he was back in the pool You yeah,
1: like hey bud you're like and now it's time to get out jason
0: Anyways. you used to always make me do all the critter stuff like there's this lizard that was dead in our pool he's like there's a lizard in the pool i'm like okay he's like no go get <laughs> it i'm like, <laughs> like just grab the freaking net <laughs>
1: I know. We did have a snake in our garage in our other house when we were, when Ray was playing here. Yeah. And I called the gate guys and they came to get it. And I remember texting like Debbie Savage too. Next thing. And then it was on a Sunday. So they were having Sunday, fun day at their place. Eight people showed up our house <laughs> to see this four foot rattlesnake <laughs> and get the guard gate guy to like trap it. I'm watching through a crack in the door. I'm, there's no way oh, I'm going yeah. out there. But uh, anyways, and they do have to take them far away. They take them far into the desert because they do find their way back. Yeah,
0: yeah. they're so territorial. And like, the, yeah, it's just funny when you live there and you, yeah. you know, you come from Calgary to Scottsdale and you don't know the things you have to do, like put your kids' crib legs in glass bowls and yeah, yeah. not have the cribs underneath the vent because when it rains, the scorpions will drop down through the vents. And like, I was like, what is this? It? I never uh, heard that stuff.
1: No. My poor kids were at risk the whole time. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, yeah, because Harper would have been like, she was what, four? No. She three. was three. So maybe she three. wasn't and she was not in a crib. So maybe that's why. <laughs> Sorry, Harper. <laughs> Kid oh. number three. Had it been Hannah, I probably would have had her in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Oh. So Harper, funny. I was like, here's your bug spray. If you see a guy, just get him. <laughs>
0: but seriously though like I was like this is such a shock to come like what do we have in Calgary like fruit flies in the summer (laughs) (laughs) hey speaking
1: about your last kids let's have a little chat about Kingsley before we leave you um is she how do? how are the boys with her are they like protective like she's our little sister or is she just like she's our little hellion sidekick
2: yeah she he definitely protect her but um Nixon, the five year old, he likes to mess with her and she's like fights back. So I don't know. They have a good dynamic. Axel, like, takes care of everyone. He's like yeah. such a great older brother. And then Ajax is, he's taken in that role too, like, of like, oh, okay, now I'm like old enough, I can like help out. And there, she is going to be one tough chick though. Yeah. And like anyone who tries to date her, I don't know.
0: Like, good luck, guys. They're yeah. gonna have a
2: Mike's like, I'm not I have nothing to worry about. They gotta get through three brothers before they get to me. So yeah. that's we'll gonna see. be fun. I can not like, to hear about she'll that. be dating all this like all the boys' friends for sure. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> she'll be like, no, they're gross. I saw them at my house. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fun. So cute.
0: I love family dynamics so and it's always fun. Like even Easton and I, we always we step back and we just watch your kids like all go crazy and Easton laughs because he doesn't really have that kind of dynamic because Ryder just kind of just does his own thing so yeah Easton finds that interesting too and I love I love that stuff I think it's so fun to watch
2: I know actually like Mike and James Neal are really good friends and James comes to our house and James is the oldest like there was five kids in his family he had like three brothers and a younger sister and he comes over and he's like is it always this crazy here I'm like do you not like remember? Yeah. He's like,
1: yeah, yeah, I remember.
2: But anyways, <laughs> it's just loud, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, you're doing it. You always do such a, I mean, you're in it and you're um, surviving and making it look like a lot of fun. Your kids are so lucky to have you guys. And you oh, make- you're, you eat. guys are
2: so nice. I, yeah. I want to be on here every week just to get my <laughs> tired stuff.
0: Just to amp you up. We would pump your tires even more, but we know you don't like talking about yourself, so we're trying to <laughs> no, make it awkward. I don't.
2: <laughs> I will say, like, now the stage I'm at with my kids is fun. Like, I'm not having to buckle all three or four. Like, yeah. at one point it was you had to I had to buckle three in a car seat and one in the carrier. So yeah, yeah. life keeps moving on.
0: And now- traveling so much easier without all the car seats and.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm like, Who's, who needs a booster? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: four That's iPads. Not even coming with me anymore. I know. Yeah. As soon as they reach that weight category, it's like, hey, bye. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: yeah. thanks. And um, we've loved it. We're obviously so grateful that we all got to meet and be on the same team. And
0: we'll yeah. forever
1: be on the same team. So
0: yeah. thanks Absolutely. so much.
1: Thanks for uh, squeezing in some time with us. We love watching. We're always cheering for Mike. I'll cheer for Kevin. I agree. I'll cheer for Edmonton.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll well, cheer yeah, for Mike. Don't. I won't cheer for Edmonton. I'll cheer for Mike. Yeah,
2: I know. As Kingsley said, she's always like, boo <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> But Thank no.
0: you so much, Brigitte. We love your friendship. We love being able to see you. and Hopefully, we'll see you back in the desert soon, too.
1: Yes, I need to get down there. Get back here so we can have some time with just just you. And okay, a, and a but you ladies
2: you ladies are also doing such an amazing job at keeping this whole like hockey power all these like powerhouse women connected so thank you so much
1: our pleasure we love it
0: yeah
1: all right take good care go oilers yeah
0: give everyone hugs from us please
1: yeah absolutely i will okay thanks girl see ya
0: Bye. Bye. bye
1: Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend.
0: Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.